Welcome to Married AF. We are your hosts, Brooke and Randall Fowler. On this show, we discuss the topics that really matter. Like Big Veiny Cox and our favorite TV shows. So pull up a chair at our kitchen table and hang out. While I bulldog my nuts. <laughs> We're going. All right. Well, uh, welcome everyone. We got a little squeaking from the microphone arm that is haunted, <laughs> lifting ever so uh, slowly. Just randomly, it was fine for a while, and then now it Can just. Everyone hear it? I don't know. Maybe. Nah, I think it stopped. Okay. Well, want to do a quick introduction on this episode. This one was a really fun one. We had Akeem. There it was. Akeem <laughs> from Raw and Uncut Podcast. Super cool guy, uh, leader in his community, mentor of young men, football coach, assistant print, just all kind of cool shit. And he's a cool dude. I enjoyed the shit out of him having this conversation. Yeah, he was nice, nice enough to come on and hang out for a little bit. And I uh, look forward to uh, talking with him again and following his podcast. I binged it. So <clears throat> Uncle Randy highly recommends checking it out. Raw and uncut podcast. Did you say that? Yep. Okay. Yep. But doesn't hurt to say it again. Ron Uncut Podcast. Check it out. Yep. I'll put the link to his socials that he gave at the end of the episode in our show notes, too. Yeah, and even uh, another cool thing about this week is it is the uh, Creature Feature Week, and the show of the week is Untrained Eye. You've, we've talked a lot about them lately just because they've been uh, newer to the network, but we're really putting a focus on them. This is their week, so we're... Uh, we're trying to get the word out as much as possible across the network for everybody to uh, spread the good word about S- Beth and DJ. Spread the gospel about Beth, yes. <laughs> Bethany and DJ. About uh, Christ's love and <laughs> Beth and DJ. Yeah, they're awesome. They uh, Their show is super funny, and they remind me a lot of me and you. And Bethany sounds like she might want to strike DJ sometimes, as I sound like with you which is funny yeah it's It's with love yeah i think she's i mean it's neck and neck for who i think (laughs) sounds less amused on (laughs) most of the podcast uh dj's definitely funnier than me he's a super funny guy yeah if you follow him on twitter uh he's funny as shit on his twitter Uh uh-huh um that's at untrained eye and follow him check him out and uh he will amuse you he's also good with car karaoke He's a contributor mm-hmm. every week. Shows he's got a big, huge nut sack. He's not afraid to embarrass himself, which is something I respect and care about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, their show tackles all kind of shit. It's uh, one of the things I love about it. You can't really put a stamp on it. You know, it kind of covers everything. It's a good hangout show. So when you're driving, uh, if you've got a road trip or anything, I recommend binge listening to it. Yeah, uh, that's what episodes. Julia did when she drove. I uh, listened to their episode today, and she talked about listening to it on her drive up to Pittsburgh. That's and, perfect. Uh, yep. Yeah, and you'll get to know them. Then they become part of your family, just like they have ours. And next thing you know, you're listening to everything that they say. Yep. And so the creature feature is new. That's where we are going to be featuring a podcast that's on our Civilized Creatures Network every week. And Julia posted a video on twitter and instagram i believe or just twitter um where she drew yeah where she drew the names of all the podcasts uh 
in which order we were going to uh, feature them. So, and her cat made a cute appearance too. But um, yeah, so the Untrained Eye is up first. And I know I saw on one of the social medias that DJ said they're going to release shows on Tuesdays now, mainly because like the Untrained Eye is mm-hmm. TV. I was like, yeah. that is so clever. Yeah, that is good. I was looking clogs for, DJ. Uh, for an angle. I respect it. Yeah. I like that guy. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so uh, check them out. We've got some uh, other great shows also on the network. Uh, we've got Drinks with Larry. Uh, the Bear Cave coming up. Uh, the Podfather himself, uh, John Buchanan, is mounting his comeback. Yeah, when's the first episode of that coming out? Do we know? I don't know. I think he said he wanted to have it done by this. I don't know. I think he had a target date of like August 27th is okay. what I thought. Word. I saw. So he's uh, he's going to be pushing up on it quick. Um, so we got Bearded Dad, What's in Your Hometown. Yep. Conversation uh, X, Picks and Bones. Uh, welcome to my show with uh, Michelle. Yep. And we do have a Garbage and, Kitchen episode coming up Thursday. Mm-hmm. And Cinemondo. And Cinemondo. Yeah, that Garbage Kitchen. We got to get some vanilla ice cream. Yep. Need vanilla ice cream with condiments to uh, make you throw up. So tune in for that. That will be on the Civilized Creatures Great. Facebook page uh, live. Oh, and 8-Bit Closed Fist. I don't think either one of us said that. Yep. Um, yeah, 8-Bit Closed Fist. So I think that wraps it up. I think no. we'll dive into a key. Sponsors? Right? Oh, sponsors. Yeah, let it rip. Um. All right. So Wax is... Uh, our luxury lubrication sponsor of this episode. So go to www.getwax.com. That's G-E-T-W-H-A-X and use promo code AF20 for 20% 20 off, motherfuckers. Go get some sweet, like thick, nice, not going to fuck up your sheets (laughs) Uh lube. Um, Vital Tattoo Care. Uh, it's good shit for uh, taking care of new or old tattoos. Um, it's all natural, made to order. www.vitaltattoocare.com. Use promo code MarriedAF10 and get 10% off your order. We got underzips. It's the American underwear for you bros with that want to also keep things from getting stolen. Mm-hmm. The little the pocket. Preferred underpants of Uncle Randy. Preferred underpants. So, uh, underzips.com, promo code Randy. Yeah, and uh, effing gear. Uh, I want to give a shout out about that right now. When you listen to this, there's a promotion going on that we are doing in partnership with them where you can win a free effing gear hat. You can pick the one of your choice. Their hats are fucking incredible. Uh, you've seen us rocking the uh, Real Men Wear Pink hat. You can pick any of their hats. They've got the coolest shit. All you got to do, follow the rules. Check out our Instagram page or our Twitter page or our Facebook page for the rules to the contest. All you got to do is like the post, follow effing gear and married AF and tag three friends that would uh, would enjoy a fucking sweet hat. Mm-hmm. Do the three friends also have to follow both of us? If they want to be entered as a potential winner. Okay. If the friends want to participate. Gotcha. Cool. Because um, we're going to draw That's names similar of those to the that under follow zips the rule. It's the same contest yeah. as under zips, and we'll pull the name and announce who wins a free fucking awesome hat from Effing Gear. So we want to thank them for doing that. Yep. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. The uh, promo code is what? Married AF. So you go to effinggear.com. That's E F F I N G 
G-E-A-R.com. Married AF is the promo code for 10% off. Um, and then we also got BioBidet, B-I-O-B-I-D-E-T, mm-hmm. to clean your butt. Yep. Married AF, 10% off. Yep, check them out. Get it for all your shitter needs and uh, just cool shit for your toilets, um, bidets, warmers, all kind of cool shit, LED shit. You can go all the way up to these fancy-ass toilets. The that entire do toilet, yeah. Uh, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, check them out. Use our promo code. Um, but I do want to stress the contest for effing gear. I want to get more people looking at their shit just because their shit is really cool. Their shirts, their hats, their fucking uh, yep. yeah, beanies go to- are cool. It's just a fucking cool-ass uh, shit. Yeah, go to their website and check them out. And uh, thank you to my bro-in-law that bought... What did he buy a hat or no? He bought a shirt. Mm-hmm. He bought this like Superman looking shirt. It's badass. Mm-hmm. So y'all go check it out. Yeah. So we're swimming in shit. the money. We're rolling <laughs> in the dough. Um. All right. So now, now that is it. Yep. So now you can uh, sit back and enjoy this uh, this bro chat because uh, Brooke was uh, zoned out during a lot of this because I can't believe she actually hung out. In some parts of it, it had to be boring for her. <laughs> it was fun. But she hung in there he was like a, a super champ. nice guy. I like And uh, so we enjoyed him. So without further ado. Ado do. Here is Akeem with Raw and Uncut Podcast on 101 The Fan. <laughs> I say we go ahead and go live. People are. I'm with it. Yeah. I'm with it, man. Let's go. Right, I'm going to go ahead and launch it. I don't know how much we'll get on here, but we're going to record it to release it. Um, you know, a normal episode too, but I just go live in case anybody gets the chance to, to interact. Yeah, that's with dope. Us. That's dope. All right. So we're going live. I'll start recording over here. I already did and Reaper just so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> but, uh, All right. We're live. Hey, what's up, everybody? What's up? Mary Y'all know what's up. We got a special guest tonight. We got Akeem from Raw and Uncut Podcast. What's up, Akeem? What's going on, man? I really, really appreciate the invite, man. Love your work. Oh, man. I love, love how y'all get down together, man. That's dope. Oh, I love it, man. I, I want to tell everybody that doesn't know the way that we were uh, linked up. I want to give a shout out to our mutual buddy, Delvin. Yeah. I remember he had uh, watched one of the Uncle Randy videos, and he was like, man. And he tagged you, and he was like, this guy reminds me. You know, there's similarities <clears throat> to you. Yeah. And so, of course, that made me look you know, your stuff. And then I listened to your show. I was like, Oh, sh- I can see the, where he's drawing the parallel lines. Like for sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's dope. <clears throat> but I became a big fan of your show, man. I want to give you a chance before we start, because we're going to, you know, we're going to skip a lot of shenanigans because we got so many questions. I want to get to them for as many listeners. Well, hang on now. Yes. Did you bring a shot up here? I did. Okay. We got to do that business first. Yeah, we do. We always start off with a Jesus, shot. So we're going to, we're is... going to cheers to you, sir, for joining us. And we really appreciate you making time to, to join us here. I oh, appreciate y'all. <laughs> I appreciate uh, y'all. Ooh, that's terrible. Mm-mm. Ooh, that's not good at all. What the fuck was that? It's some bad stuff. Oh, my God. Mm, that's some bad stuff. That was not cool. Don't do shots, everybody. They, they never end up good. All right, well, so I want to give that's you a, a chance, uh, Keem, real quick to tell everybody um, about the Raw and Uncut podcast, because I could talk about, you know, what I see, yeah. but give them a little uh, little tidbit on what it's all about. Hey, so it's, it's exactly what the what the title is, man. You know, it's, it's just Raw and Uncut, man. It's it's a uh, it's a podcast based on 
you know, my random thoughts and my life. And, you know, I don't hold punches, you know, um, I care about feelings, but in these days I'm not, I don't, I don't really like, I think people need the, the raw truth about everything. And I think we, you know, we just need to express ourselves a little more in that. So my podcast is pretty much based on, on that, um, you know, teaching and mentoring and, um, you know, telling people about my life, introducing some people, some people that probably people have never thought about, you know, experiencing, you know, that type of deal. So that's why I, I podcast, man. I enjoy it, man. I'm in love with it now. Oh, you should be, man. You're really good at it. And your show has a, uh, a really good purpose. I love shows that, that really have a, there's something to them. You know what I'm saying? I love all the comedy and stuff too, but I, I really enjoy for me personally, when I'm listening to a show, a show that's got purpose and yours and there's a bunch of different ones, but I want to give a shout out. And I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, but you had a co-host a couple episodes back, the Selfish episode. Oh, that was that. That's actually my blood cousin. His, his name is Jay Roman. I really uh, like him. I really enjoyed that episode. Yeah, yeah. He's my, he's the opposite of me. He's 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 we fit together well. That's what I was gonna say. Despite him being opposite of you, it all made one really good episode. You know what I mean? So it was uh, very well done. I enjoyed him a lot. And, you know, that episode touched on so many things that <clears throat> affect the not only the black community, but every community, you know, business and everything. And so I encourage everybody to check those uh, check those out and check out the portfolio of uh, Ron Uncut podcast. Now, to get to what links us together, I think me and you both and my wife here, uh, Brooke, is we all have an affinity toward. Uh, steering our youth in a good direction. We have two boys. Uh, it's very important. I've got a 14-year-old son, and so I'm just getting into seeing how hard it is for these boys And nowadays. a five-year-old son. That's, that's going to be following him up. So <laughs> when we started seeing some of the issues that uh, my oldest faces, and he's an athlete and all that, and with boys, it's so different compared to when just when we were younger, because I assume me and you're probably close to the same age. I'm 41. Oh, I'm 40. Yeah. So perfect. Are we right there, man. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> so yeah. I want to be very engaged with him. I know it, it can be hard. So I'm going to jump right into these questions because they they jump right in. Hang on. I want to ask first, because uh, I might have missed it when you were talking earlier. Akeem, do you have kids? Oh, yeah. I have I have several kids. <laughs> uh, all of them at the high school for one. But personally, yeah, I got I got two kids. Two boys. Oh, okay, awesome. All right, I was just curious. Mm-hmm. And then all your football teams that you coach, yeah. All my football <laughs> team, and you know, um, all my kids at the school, um, like, like all of them. Yeah. They know me, you know. And you're, and if, being a coach, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're a, like, not necessarily a father figure, but that type uh, of like leader in their life that probably has these kind of conversations with them too. Yeah, I've been coaching 14 years, so um, awesome. you know I'm, I'm I've seen grown men right now, like with kids and their own family, and they kids still come up and hug me. It's a, it's a great it's a great feeling when you know you you know you're respected enough. They still call you coach, you know. Wow. And yeah. if these grown men, oh my you know, coaches will always 30 be years coach. Old, yeah, like yeah. they like coach. How you doing, man? It's good to see you. You know, and I hug them up, hug their kids. You know that 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 feeling. And then they know I do anything for them. I don't wrote so many letters for them for college or, uh, you know, giving them jobs at the school and calling people to give people jobs and 
you know, bought clothes, money, you know, went to college. I mean, one of one of my kids is in college out here in UNLV right now. He's a running back. Let me start running back over there. His nice. name is Tree Hollisworth at UNLV. And uh, he's one of my guys, you know, um, he had a hard life struggle. And, uh, um, you know, I go out there, you know, we, we, we hook him up with food and, uh, you know, anything he needs. You know, I cash happy money because um, I, I know that he has a bigger purpose. And he may not have the support, but that doesn't mean that, you know, somebody in my position cannot help him. And, you know, I just think that's as, as human beings. We need to help each other out. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. That's awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to dive right in here with the very first question, and they, and it's uh, it's a doozy. Mm. All right. My son is a 17-year-old black athlete. He lost a year of football and baseball eligibility due to a sexual assault investigation, which proved to be false. Oh, no. The young lady was not punished. How do I get rid of the anger in my heart to set a good example for my son? That's a tough one. That's mm-hmm. right off the bat. Well, the, the <laughs> girls don't get punished for false accusations, and which is a yeah. which is a point of contention that, with you. I know. I that mean, that bothers and, me a lot. Yeah, and I'm. It bothers me a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, I feel, it's a tough one for me because it's like, <laughs> you know, you want to believe the actual victims. You don't ever want to like err on the side of like victim blaming or anything. But in the cases where you can prove definitively that someone lied and just completely fucked up somebody's life that's not cool they need to well yeah yeah go I, ahead, I, I think a couple a couple, a couple of things um just listening to the story i mean for one i'm not a religious person i'm a spiritual person so you know um everything happens for a reason for me um i think everything is is a learning lesson in life where you have to understand sometimes even as 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 men uh yeah he was accused wrong but sometimes being in the wrong position too in life um, could set you up for failure. So, um, you know, he 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 was probably too young to be involved. That's why I always preach to the kids. Look, you you don't need to be involved with all this activity um, at this young age. Uh, but you know, growing older now, he's gonna hopefully he can get some kids and he can teach them or even mentor. Go back and talk to kids in regards of his situation and maybe mm-hmm. he can help them with his experiences. Now, everybody can't be successful, but we can be successful in our own ways. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So. You know, that's just a food for thought. I, I don't like how women are not punished. I think there needs to be something done, but I don't I don't see it coming. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, for the dad, if I were to chime in and give him any advice is uh, he I know it's hard. I can only imagine as a father, it's hard for him and the anger and the resentment he has because his son lost a year of eligibility and whatnot. And just the stress of probably the whole investigation when you're falsely accused. Okay. Gee, I mean, I can't imagine how bad that is. But he needs to not make it about him. If he sits exactly. there and he stays pissed off all the mm-hmm. time, his son's going to be pissed off. And his son's mm-hmm. just now starting in life, and that's not a way to start him off. He doesn't need to start off that pissed. And it's going to set a bad example for his son, too. Like, that, you know, if he can show his son that, that, you know, you need to be able to just forgive and move on and concentrate on what's good for you mm-hmm. and put yourself around good people that build you up all that stuff. That's the kind of example he needs to set instead of like harboring a grudge. Well, and I think, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Akeem. Yeah. And I, and I just think like she said, that was a good point. You know, harboring that, harboring that negative energy can also, <clears throat> you know, it can also stifle your growth. You know what I mean? You, you need to, you know, you're going to have to learn how to get back on track and, and, and be able to, 
become a man and and, and understand these are some things that's going to happen in mm-hmm. life. Yeah, that's life, right? Yeah. That can happen too. That's going to happen again. It may not be to that that's extreme, extreme, but that's going <laughs> to happen in life, you know, I, right? I got a, I got a case in high school when it was a sexual harassment case that I was proven innocent. Yeah, um, I was on a football team. It's crazy, you know, situation just hearing it because. They found out I was in class when she was claiming some things was happening. Mm. You know what I mean? Nice. And the teacher was like, oh, he's been here the whole time. But the thing is, they had me, they suspended me for three days mm. and all that. And I'm like, it went further investigation. So, you know, I, I hit home with me when I heard it. But I'm Damn. like, Damn. Jeez. Who knew? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. man. I wish the young man all the success in the world, of course. And, and he can recover from this. And I hope it doesn't, uh, you know, ruin him going forward, you know. <laughs> It's uh, it's a terrible thing, and in my opinion, if someone's asking me, absolutely, I think a false accuser should face the exact penalties that the accuser or that the the perpetrator would have gotten had they mm-hmm. been found guilty. Okay, that's my opinion. But what, like, we we also don't know the situation too. Like, what if she she did get it wrong, and it was like a she got roofied kind of situation, and she. Like maybe he was there. I'm just devil's advocate. Oh sure, I mean there's yeah, always he was at be the that. place. You oh, know, like yeah. you don't know all the situation. No, we don't know the full. De- this but, is a question, so of course yeah. we can't. But in, in the my general head goes consensus, to that girl probably needs some help with something too. Like either whatever happened to her, if it really happened, like finding out who did something or helping her figure out why would she want to do that to somebody and i think we, it, like it should be like if you're not gonna prosecute them for what they did i think it should be a mandatory two-year class or something they mm-hmm. gotta attend like in order for them to also understand what they did was extremely wrong and how it affects so many people you know it needs to be something exactly no that's yeah. totally, that's a great idea like actually. a kind of like how you have to go to like dui school yeah, <laughs> you know like something like that some yeah. kind of like or anger management right it's like a, instead of anger management it's like a you know the the repercussions of sexual assault allegations class like and false allegations <laughs> right and then it could also it would probably also be a little bit of like Mental health therapy, like oh, let's, for sure. let's talk about shit. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's move on to this one. Um, this one's tough, also. <laughs> and you know, without getting the whole story, but we're just going on what we hear on the question. My son has heard me say some racist comments in the past. They weren't intentional, but they were indeed racist. How do I talk to him about this? Let Akeem start mm-hmm. off with his thoughts. So he's he's heard his. No, let me get this right. So he's heard his father. I mean, his son heard his father say some racist things, and he wants to know how he talk, how he can talk to his son in regards to it. Yeah, the fa- it sounds like the father's had some reflection. Realized he said racist shit to his son growing up. Maybe some or said know, some comments, some that stupid were, yeah. ass things that maybe yeah, now yeah. he either no longer yeah. believes or realizes they're insensitive. How can he talk to his son with and still have credibility if he's mm-hmm. done that in the past? Well, I think he just needs to own his mistakes, and I think he needs to own them in a major way. You know, mm-hmm. meaning, um, you know, he has to denounce the things he said. That's one. That's the start. You have to, you have to, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. So, if you come to him and talk to him in regards of, you know, what he said without acknowledging the fact that it was wrong, then he, his son's going to see BS all over. Of you know? course. So he needs to come and own that, and then he needs to also tell his son about how discrimination may feel to him mm-hmm. because I don't, 
I don't I, I think racism is in, in several different ways. Right. It's not just a, a, a white black thing. It could be a black white thing. It could be mm-hmm. all races can discriminate against each other. So I think, you know, he needs to understand how that may feel. So that way he can put himself in somebody else's shoes and not use that type of language. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, and I don't want to make light of it, but any, uh, you know, it's a great first step. Whoever wrote this question to us, I don't want to say their, their names. I said they would all stay anonymous, but that's a mm-hmm. good first step, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if he's acknowledging the, his horrible mistakes, as bad as that is, I hope you do take Akeem's advice and own what you did mm-hmm. and talk to your son about it. I think you still have a shot of his respect if you do that. But oh, I agree oh, yeah. with Akeem. If you, if you just go and start telling him not to say racist bullshit, mm-hmm. you're, he's not going to buy a word of it. You're, you yeah. know, he's not going to listen mm-hmm. to you if you don't oh. own what you did. Yep. Right. Oh, I definitely agree. agree with that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. That's a perfect answer. Here's uh here's a doozy. I wonder if, and this one caught my eye cause I wonder if you've had to deal with this. As I love a the coach. giant font that you printed out on that. Yeah, it's I, like I'm blind. font. 75 on that piece of paper. <laughs> All right. She said 75. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's why I'm laughing. It's like, it's huge. <laughs> yeah, so. I, like, I can read it from across the room. <laughs> All right. So, hey, Uncle Randy. My son's best friend lives in a very dangerous housing project in Alabama. My son is white and his friend is black. Am I setting a bad example by not liking for my son to hang out at his buddy's house? Uh, yeah, so I think about that two ways. Hello? Yes, uh-huh. sir. Okay, okay. I think about that two ways. For one, you never needed to mention race in that situation. Right. right. <laughs> like, 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 it, like, I'm a parent, <laughs> and I, I don't care. Like, I, look, I, 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 I do well for myself. I don't care where it's at. You have to be, you have to be a parent first. This is not a, look, I'm not trying to be friend, look, friendship with everybody. Like you got to protect your child. Mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost, mm-hmm. I lived in, I lived in the hood. And let me tell you something. I will go through there to grab something to eat <laughs> and try to help some people out if I can. But like, that's not you. Your goal is to be, you know, to remove yourself from that. You don't want that for your kids. And mm-hmm. then, what, what if something happens? What type of parent are you? Does this be, you know, hey, invite them over right. every day, every day if we need to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I will pick them up. We can have kick it at sessions at the house. Mm-hmm. Parents can come on. Matter of fact, your parent can come over too. How about that? Mm-hmm. But I'm not bringing my child. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't care what race. Uh-huh. I don't mm-hmm. care that your cousin. You ain't going to uh, uncle house. Right. That's where I, that's where my head went too. It's like who gives a shit what color race they are? If it's a dangerous neighborhood, I don't want my baby hanging out there. No, because there's dangerous. Bring that child over here and there, get them out of there. Yeah, there there are dangerous Latino neighborhoods. You know, yeah. anybody that's grown up in inner dangerous city will know. Dangerous white neighborhoods. They can be as dangerous as any. There can be dangerous damn white people neighborhoods, trailer park that are that you get shanked at as quick as anywhere. You got the projects that can have yes. white, blacks, Latinos Ooh. in it. Dangerous. Mm-hmm. Every, every project has all races. With yes. It. Yeah. But Especially in the South. To, to Akeem's well, point. In California, definitely. Yeah. To, to Akeem's point, though, you know, and Fred talked about this. Fred, my best friend, I consider him my brother. 
He did just like you said. He lived with me basically through high school. He <laughs> stayed at my house. Uh, he did. And when we had to go to Mason Court or Northwood. Is that where he lived was Mason Court? Yeah, yeah. He lived in both projects mm-hmm. growing up. You know, he was his mother was on her own. She was like bless four, her. She four was boys. a champion. Yeah, she had no three boys. Three, boys. three athletes. Mm-hmm. All of them six foot five and taller. And, Genetics, uh, giants, oh, giants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so his brother said that's like the middle 6'10", brother. He's like he? six ten. Tony was like six eight, and Fred's like Fred's six the, four, six five. It's the pipsqueak at six five. <laughs> but anyway, so we would go through there, and it was a different time. And I don't want to make light of this because we're talking about serious stuff. But there was times where we'd go rolling into Mason Court, and Fred just to mess with me would yell like the N-word out the window and duck down in his seat <laughs> on me all the time. And he'll tell you that too. But Akeem, then if Akeem anybody... just laughed as hard as Fred did when he tell that story. <laughs> but what Fred would do is... Oh, that's funny right there. That was a good one though, man. And then he gets stuck driving like, God damn it. Well, no. It... And you want to talk about your asshole puckering oh. up. You know, and it doesn't matter, you know, what, it's just your butthole of pucker. And then, of course, if any, anybody was outside, Fred would jump up and, yeah, you know, he always made sure I was never in any, I was never, I never felt unsafe yeah. there, but it's just to say, I agree with you that I would remove from any situation, yes. the kids as much as possible. Cause I just imagine that, like you said, weighing on you, if something did happen. Right. Either one of them. Either one of them. Yeah. One of them. Either one yeah. Of them. Mm-hmm. Any of them. That, that's exactly where I and that's exactly why like when I was in high school my parents and it wasn't necessarily because many of my friends lived in like bad neighborhoods it was more like they just felt more comfortable having me in sight but it was the same kind of thing they were the kind of parent they're like everybody come over here and like we lived in a kind of nice neighborhood and stuff and so it was everybody was welcome to come over no matter who they were it didn't matter I would have our neighbors hated us. I would have like 15, 20 people over sometimes just like on a random Friday. But that's, you know, I, I would rather that than have my kid in any kind of sketchy situation. Now here's an interesting question. And I don't know, this may have been, this may be somebody that actually listened to, listens to your show and has kind of crossed over and followed us to ask this question. Cause I remember you touching on this on one of your episodes um, when I was a kid during the 80s, which is me and you both grew up in the 80s, clearly. 100. Yeah. Um, nobody used the N-word. None of our, none of this person's friends, none of my friends. I don't remember it ever being an issue. What happened? Um, I think what I think was they, I think the culture, the hip-hop culture, I think a lot of it has like deactivated the power mm-hmm. of the word. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think, I think when, when you are, are a group of individuals that are that have been in pain for so long, you, you find a way to to kind of deal with it. That's that's your psychological way of coping, your mm-hmm. coping skills. And I think what happened was is that that word has manufactured to being something endearing in the community, you know. And I think hip hop has helped that happen. Um, me personally, uh, yeah. When me when I'm with my peoples, man, we rock. Like that's how we get out. But I'm in a professional environment, so like I know how to switch it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just don't. For me, I don't like like my son. He doesn't listen to my podcast, mm-hmm. even though he's 16. 
and then my other one starts. I mean, I they don't they don't listen to my podcast. But what I will say is, if they ever did, they'll be adults when they do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, so they don't hear me talk like that. Mm-hmm. Even with my boys around, um, they don't do they don't hear any of that. And that that's just me being a father. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't caught them saying it though. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't heard them, and I went in there and jammed them up. Mm-hmm. But to get, <laughs> jammed them up like you can't. You ain't past twelfth grade English, Holmes. So don't be talking like you just like you like like you could discover some new word. Like you ain't rock, you know. But um, gotta earn it. <laughs> yeah, to go back to your question, I just think a lot of it has to do with when people are in pain, they find a way to cope, and I think the way to cope was to make it more endearing. Um, the word doesn't mean it's not as po- it's not as powerful now. Like even if somebody told me that, like like um, like I like I'll never mess with them ever in my life. Meaning I'll never talk to them, and mm-hmm. because I, I believe it's disrespectful. But I only go. It doesn't trigger me. It doesn't trigger anger for me. Mm-hmm. It just triggers ignorance. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or, so for me, I you know, it's whatever. I laugh it. You know, I laugh it off. It's whatever. But we have to teach our kids that too. That that's something that we shouldn't. We shouldn't harbor. We shouldn't own that. We shouldn't have to feel that uh, that feeling when somebody's telling us that. So, well, this brings me to something I got to ask you. This is just straight from me from listening to uh, your episode, babe. If you haven't, mm-hmm. the first episode actually you need to listen to of Akeem's of Raw and Uncut podcast is the one he just released on the '80s. Mm-hmm. You would love it. Mm-hmm. He's talking about all the shoes from the uh. '80s. <laughs> The, the British yeah. Knights, man. Uh, I was a huge BKs. BK, man. BKs. I love yeah. BKs. I, 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 I busted yes. the shit out of them. Yes. K-Swiss. Yeah. K-Swiss. My favorite my ones from the 80s were the... Um, Oh my God! Were they the the pumps? Were they Reeboks? Reebok pumps with yeah. the basketball, yeah, Reebok pumps, yeah. and I would tight roll my jeans. Hey, Akeem was hardcore in the Reebok. <laughs> Akeem was a Reebok guy. He talked about it yeah, in his episode. All the way, nice. Grandma first Reebok pair from Grandma. You know what I mean, <laughs> shout out, to, shout out to my grandma. Uh, what well, I love, I love the story. He told a story about uh, L.A. Gears, right? And I remember I actually mm-hmm. had one pair growing up. And he was talking about a story he heard about a guy robbed a like a convenience store somewhere around where he was living and was wearing the light up ass LA gears. And so when he ran off, he was out in the streets. You like, like, what, are you, like, what are you doing? Man? <laughs> Leading the way to him. Thanks for that. What sir. Are you doing? There he goes. There he goes right there. Right. Can't even hide. Follow those lights. Yeah. Thank you, sir. For I remember them LA gears. They were huge. They Brilliant. were big moon boots, baby. Yes. Heavy as shit. God, yeah, I love that. And the gear jumpsuits and all that. Yeah. I actually googled not long ago uh, British Knights to see if they still they still make them over in like Europe. Really? They, they've got some uh, in Britain. I just keep thinking they'll come back, but I'd love they to won't, see. They won't because they're gang affiliated now. They won't. Oh, make it. are they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. So so BK. So in the hood, like BKs, like if you're in a, a crip neighborhood, you'd be killed for those. Mm-hmm. Really? So yeah. So BK mean blood killer. So mm. a lot of uh, a lot of the a lot of the um, the Crips, I'm sorry, a lot of the Crips wore it because it meant blood killer. Yeah. So the Bloods would be pretty upset with you if you had those. On. Well, you know, we are old men now, so they won't trip on that. They'd be like, "What's up, man?" Bye. But 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 these youngsters, we don't want to bring that back. That they yeah. they will have a problem. I didn't know that that either. That's learn something every day. And they got Bloods yeah. and Crips everywhere. It's not just West Coast. Oh, they yeah. got them everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ignorance is everywhere. Yes, God bless. All right. Well, here's a, here's a good one for uh, 
for Akeem. He's actually had to deal with this like I have uh, now with uh, my oldest. Mm-hmm. Why do fathers have such a hard time talking to their sons about sex? Also, what role do you think uh, the availability of porn is playing in the sexual education of our young men? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a loaded uh, question, and I, I'm big on this. I don't want to interrupt you. I was just going to say this is good. I think this is such a miss by fathers today it's such a place that we just forget about or we sweep it under the rug because it's uncomfortable nobody does it and the way that i know that is these uncle randy videos i started doing right all, dope, by the way. <laughs> all these young men started reaching out to uncle randy and from their questions i can tell their fathers have never talked to them about sex not a bit they've just told them and, and my dad was this way he just threw me a condom was like, use a condom son or, yeah, like and that was considered it <laughs> That was your sex time. And that was, I guess, it got me by then. But times are so different now to where your your freedom can be on the line every time you have sex as a young man now. If you mess with these phones and these videos, your life can change with one decision when it comes to sex now. And dad's got to step on I me. Mean, I love mom. Mom's most, you know, she's the pillar of the family. I know that. You love mom. But if you got boys, that dad has to have that sex mm-hmm. talk. What do you think? Almost oh, definitely. But I, I think it's a couple of things that, you know, um, I think men, we don't want to admit it, especially for boys. It's almost like, you know, damn it, it's a badge of honor right now. Mm-hmm. You know, my son is, hey, he's got all these women, you know, like women, like men think like, man, he's, you know, we think back to when we was kids. So I was raised wrong. I always say I was raised from, with sharks and wolves. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I learned, I learned from the street about all that. You know what I mean? Like we just we figured it out. Yeah. And and that's not the right way to do it. And and you're so right when it comes to the communication. So uh, my talks are so like in detail mm-hmm. right now. Like like you know we talk. Yeah. So like I always tell my boys we we got a thing now. So ever since our kids been born, we all we call it the car talk. <laughs> oh, so hey, I'm not going in your room, sitting on your bed, and talking to you. Look, 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 as soon as you get that car, though, <laughs> I know I got your undivided your, attention. Your yeah. ass is mine. Your, yeah. your ass is mine. We talking about everything. You know what I mean? I'm talking about everything. So, so I think funny. I think and and, and 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 it's uncomfortable. You're you're right. And and the reason why it's uncomfortable. It's because of the stigma of talking to our kids in regards to something you know they shouldn't be engaging in sure. at that young age. Right. Like, bro, you're I shouldn't have to talk to you. Like, we I started talking to my son at nine years old. Mm-hmm. You know, no lie, I was what twelve when yeah when, yeah when I figured things out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm looking at the younger kids now at thinking at twelve, my whole mentality was different, and and a lot has to do with the way you were raised. So. You're doing the right thing. If you're talking to your kids young, if you don't, though, they're going to find out the hard way. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. And what? So, and the repercussions now of finding out the wrong oh, way, like when oh. we were younger, the repercussions were what? You might get, you know, your dick might start burning. You got to go to the damn doctor and having a, uh, a damn uh, embarrassing <laughs> shot or get some shit and friends got to laugh at you. Uh, your dick or you could have gotten somebody pregnant. Every, or, Every, yeah, we, that was the last thing we was worried about. Yeah, but now these kids can go to prison if they. Oh yeah. If it's you know if everything's not on the up and up, and if they involve these cameras and these videos, and there's like I had realized when I had to talk with my oldest and had the 
gauntlet laid down with him that there's categories to the shit now. It used to be just sitting. Now you got to talk about your phones, your devices. You can't digital footprint. You can't do anymore. You got to talk about consent, moving from stage to stage and shit. Because unfortunately, when you have all this gray area within consent, you have opportunities to where you can have miscommunication. And the next thing you know, you're staring at an issue like that unfortunate, that 17 year old young man was in a, a bad situation that could happen to any kid mm-hmm. now. And, you know, I've got friends that are police officers that tell me, you know, if, if a kid send, uh, you know, they're, you're dating a girl, right? You say your boy's 15. He sends a dick pic to her. They break up. The dad sees the dick pic on the phone. The, the daughters tore up cause they broke up. He sends it to the police. The police arrest both of them. They arrest her for having child porn. They arrest him for sending, uh, oh. explicit content. Mm-hmm. And he has yeah, to. We, uh, we see that all the time at the school. Yeah, yeah I mean, so messed up. you got to talk yeah. to him about it or you're not giving them a chance. You know, you're, you're setting them back before they start because on a lot of things as a dad, that's the tough part for me. And I want to get your thought is as dads, we're, especially with me and Brooke, I'm more of a, you know, let them skin their knee, right? They're going to get hurt. They need to get hurt. They need to know the repercussions. But on this one, I can't even be that way because the 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 chips are so high. You know, there's such a high. Uh, yeah, you can't gamble. That's <laughs> you can't gamble the rent money. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that that is something that we can't. We cannot have kids, and, and and you know all that. It's it's a lot that goes on. But you know, like I know he included the porn situation. Um, yep. And that 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 I mean the technology now. I mean the access. To whatever I remember back in the day, um, and I think it's easier for boys now with the girls because I remember back in the day I used to call house and pops used to pick up the mm-hmm. phone. I used to say, you know, and then you know I had a deep voice since I was young, so mm-hmm. he was like, uh, "Who's this? Uh, <laughs> why are you calling my? Why are you call? You know, they now they just text them. You uh-huh. know, they go around the father, and it's like you don't even have to deal with like a man in a house no more. Mm-hmm. So now the girls is texting, the boys is texting. They're sending pictures, the cameras, and all that. Mm. It's like we 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 got a lot against it. So if you think that you don't have to talk to your kids, man, you're about to find out <laughs> real quick what a mistake looks like. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so, do you try as a coach and as a being in education and mentoring these kids? How do you walk that line? Like if they if these kids come, hey, coach, and you can just tell that they haven't been, uh, you know, talked to. Cause that's the part with me. Like I don't want to step on any dad's toes. I love all dads, but if a kid comes I to me with on. a question, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. But when a kid comes to me with a question, over. I'm gonna answer it. You know, I want to help him. I I think I think with your with your clout, your status, and who you are as a man, you need to know that you need to step on as many dads. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. You know, sh- to, sh- shoes and feet, stomp them out, man. <laughs> because I, I I've learned that in my years of coaching. You have to understand a lot of kids um, come to you because they trust you and they know that you're going to give them the best advice. And some kids won't come to you. You got to force that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but building a relationship with the kids, um, talking to them in regards of it, um, I had a million conversations. Like, yeah. I, all, all the kids have my cell phone number. Um, call me at three in the morning, you know, if you need be. If you need to be picked up, all that, you know, hey, whatever I can do to help you. But, you also have to put the onus on them being responsible, mm-hmm. them making good choices. 
them understanding and not to put yourself in a situation. Goals. You need to have some goals in life. And I don't care. Like, people say, oh, they're too young. No, you need to have a goal. As soon as you come on this planet, mm-hmm. five-year-old, okay, a right, two-year-old, your goal should be making sure we get, hey, we get potty trained. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're walking good. Uh, now we're running. No, those are goals. We need to stop saying these kids don't need goals. These kids need goals from a young age. And, and, and they all need a, a, a direction. So if we're not able to give it to them, then we're not helping the community. It mm-hmm. takes a community to raise kids. So, you know, we got to be on it, man. Stomp on their toes, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm already telling Gunner that <laughs> when he gripes about me telling him, uh, you know, just stupid stuff, like not making himself burp all the time yeah, in public. Five. Yeah, he's, he's five. five. But and he'll he'll get annoyed with me. And I'm like, you know what? It's my job to make sure you don't grow up to be a monster <laughs> or be an asshole and be a disgusting person or a jerk. Like it's my job to make sure you grow up and are a contributing member to society and are a good person like your daddy. <laughs> and, and you you touched on this earlier and I wanted to dive in, but I wanted to save it. And you said something very poignant to me that I think is important for people to know. And I gripe about it a lot is parents that want to be friends first with their kids. Um, how do you feel about that? Do you see that as a problem like I do? Do you agree or we disagree on that? I just see it. Oh, 100%, man. It's a dictatorship, right? Mm-hmm. Like people don't understand that the old school ways was the right way. If you look at <laughs> you look at the divorce rates, if you look at, you know, uh, 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 you know, young people having sex, if you look at the whole world in general, I want you to look at those ages when families was together and doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. That was the old school way. It, and, and the statistics were extremely low. But when we start becoming their friends, all the statistics start rising because there's no balance. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we need to all understand that being friends with your kids um, is the wrong one. Now, having respect and having a relationship with your kids, you can have. Mm-hmm. A friend, no. A friend gives you advice. I'm an adult. I'm going to tell you what to do mm-hmm. when I need when I'm a need to. And I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to you when I feel like I need to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For so sure. I, I, the friend that that ruins. Let me, let me tell you real quick. I'm sorry. Yeah, go man. I'm uh, loving it. Look at the school, right? So at the school, I deal with parents all the time. Like mm-hmm. I'm a chief of all behavior. I'm VP at the school, so I deal with all behavior, and and it's horrible, horrendous behavior. You'll find that people that are friends with their kids have the worst problem in class, worst problem on campus, Gosh, worst yeah. problem. Right, worst problem in, in all of the school, mm-hmm. like, and then and then they go into society unknowing. But the, the reason why is because the balance is not there. Mm-hmm. You know, you see a structured household, um, regardless of like, there I've seen some, some strong moms down to raise some boys, and they did a wonderful job. So I'm look when I tell you, look, we need man, we need mom and dad. That's excellent. But if it's just one person, the father got to raise, or just a mom, I've seen some great examples mm-hmm. for that. But what I will tell you is the number one thing they have is that they are not their friend. Mm-hmm. They are telling them what they need to do. This is what you need to do. And they're not making excuses for the kids. That is what friends do. They make excuses for your imperfections. And you yeah. need to be told, no, you're dirty. You shower. You, hey, you, you did that wrong. That was foolish. Why are we doing that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Hold them accountable, man. Friends don't hold each other accountable. No, they might not be friends, but they would. Ha- the parents that aren't friends with their kids have their kids' respect. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For the that's most part. Absolutely. I mean, that's, and that's all like, I swear, I told, I was telling Gunnar that tonight. Well, you find, uh, <laughs> boy. You ever, we probably all heard this, you know, I coach, you coach, Brooke has been all around athletics with me. She knows all about how that works, but hey, I'm the unco- baseball team, uh, mom, uncoachable kids <laughs> become unco become uncoachable, uncoachable adults. They, mm-hmm. they become, well, you know, they can't, they're, if they, if you can't be coached, to me, that's one of the first traits when I look at it, athletes, uh, student athletes that can trump everything, including talent is, are you coachable to be successful in life? You know, those kids, and those are the kids whose parents, whether it's mom, dad, just mom, mm-hmm. just dad, has put parameters in place and checks and balances for accountability. And I got the biggest compliment from uh, my oldest son's coach, his varsity football coach, he's a, he's a freshman, and he might be dressing for varsity as a freshman in football. And I went to his practice Friday. His coach came out and talked to me, and he was like, uh, I just want you to know, your son is one of the most coachable athletes. And I was like, that's all, you know, to me, that, that makes me happier than anything. That's the best thing he could have said to me. Even better yeah. than talent was that he's coachable. Mm. You know? that, that's, yeah, that, that's where you know you won, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're winning some of the battle, man. It's going to be ups and downs. Sure. That is the biggest honor you can get as a parent for somebody to tell them how humble and great your kid is. Mm-hmm. Well, as a coach, knew that already. I wanted to ask you, though, have you because it hits me hard. It really hurts me in the heart with kids, especially when you know how much talent they have, um, the potential, and then they're just not coachable and they fizzle out of a program or, or an athletics uh, team. And it, there's just not much more that hurts more than that as a coach, right? Seeing that, and uh, I'm sure you've seen it, and it's happened many a times, right? Oh, oh yeah. The best athletes never make it, right? Like, mm. So we're all, all, I always tell the kids, the, the, the guys in the NFL, those are actually the B and C grade athletes, mm. players, because the best athletes never make it. Mm-hmm. The best the best player of any sport, I don't care what it is. And it's hard. You see, if there's, there's always an element of some type of neglect or some type of self-esteem issues or home problems um, and, 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 or mental health, mental health. Like a lot of people don't, we don't really consider that, but that is a huge part of a lot of kids issues today is mental health. And they don't understand how, and there's a lot of blind parents to think, Oh, talking to a counselor, something wrong or, you know, getting help and resources, medication, whatever that may be to help Mm -hmm. them. I see it all the time, man, and it's really sad, but I always look at the cup half full. So I always tell them, hey, you didn't make it here, but you can still be a productive, successful citizen Mm -hmm. in in any community with these tools. And and just try to help as much as you can. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's that's a great segue into this question. And this, I've got experience with this. One of my best friends in high school, um, so I can totally relate. Okay, my son is a highly recruited athlete. His challenge is academics. Schools keep him eligible by keeping him in special ed classes. I want to speak up. I want to give him the chance to be successful outside of sports, but I don't want him to lose playing time. What would you do? And I know, I mean, I, I graduated with a guy that my high school did this to, and when we all walked and got our diplomas, he got a certificate of attendance. 
because they kept him in special ed to keep him eligible because he was an athlete like no other. I mean, just like you were saying, the best athletes don't play. Anybody that's growing up in any kind of real neighborhood in America, there's a guy that was the best at this sport, right, that, that quit playing in middle school. He was bigger than everybody and was better than everybody, and it, and it didn't work. But this guy, that's my friend, that got the certificate of attendance. I don't know the numbers, but I knew then, and so did everyone else, that we're setting him off into his adult life unprepared. And unfortunately, he had a very rough after high school life. And I felt like in some ways the school system, that that's a failure of being able to do that to keep kids eligible. What do you think? Yeah, it happens all the time, unfortunately. Um, So you're talking to a person, and I know I seem like a jack of all trades right now, but I'm actually, I'm assistant AD of my school too. Mm -hmm. So I understand how it all works, right? Mm -hmm. So of course you need to juggle the GPA. Um, But also, special ed is for kids who need special ed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing wrong with special ed. No, not um, at all. Yeah, not at all. So, but if they're doing it maliciously, they are they are in the way of this young man's success. They are crippling him from being held accountable or not getting the assistance that he really needs in order to, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, do do what he needs to do, like every other athlete has to. I just think it's unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens so much, man. Like you, like yeah, they, like you wouldn't even know. Like I know about so many stories yeah. in regards of kids being saved. Like, like even like NBA guys. Like there's certain guys that said they never even went to class. Like mm-hmm. you know, in pure co- in colleges, Duke. Yeah, prime, prime example. Uh, Duke, Duke like so many guys that say I didn't even go to class. So, oh yeah, I mean uh, anybody that knows any guys that. Have- played in any kind of a major school knows there's I mean we could do a whole show on just what that's really like for the mm-hmm. college athletes where they get uh these degrees and never went to to class but you know that's a whole nother thing but with with my friend what happened what bothered me about it was for one he was very capable he could have done more had somebody pushed him academically he wasn't challenged in any way was he just like ADD it was or strictly something? It, no, i think it was just he was just lazy no one ever held him accountable mm. to his books because he was such a oh. good athlete and that's not oh. knocking him that's where you know so, i mean some of that's on him but it's also on the people in his life to steer him but what bothers me about it is somebody in his life whether it's the teachers the the coaches were putting all their chips on him being Oh, we're hurting him from being a pro athlete. Those chances are so slim. The real chances are he's going to need to have a job and support himself and a family one day. That's a hundred thousand times more likely than him playing in the NFL, right? The the, the percentages are just that, but you're going to take away his best chance for the 0.01% opportunity. It's asinine to me. Mm-hmm. I think it's like one out of one hundred, or one. It's more. It was worse than that, but mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Yeah. All right. So we'll jump on to uh, to this one. That's all good. Right. That's a good question, man. Because mm-hmm. man, I see that all the time. Yeah, it's tough. I, I played with guys that. Uh, Me too. Me yeah. too. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. It was. Uh, you know. You know. Even that. in school, I'm not gonna lie, man. I had man. I was an athlete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they 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 allowed. A lot. 
Oh, no. And it was always the hard part for me was, you know, you see it and you know these guys on the field, right? And you, the, how good of an athlete they are. And you see that you see them. And you see them, but you see them using their head in the, in the sport that they're great at, not just their athleticism. So you, you know they've got all the, the abilities, but they start grooming these kids that are going to be stars so young, people start catering to them um, in the wrong ways, you know, and it, it just bothers me. I love sports as much as anybody. I do. I mean, I'm a huge fan. I think it can change everyone's life, and I think they should play. Sports but, is major. But part of me thinks, you know, you need to earn it, too, with your, uh, you know, with your academics to stay eligible. Yeah, I think old school ways, you know, we got to earn everything, Mm -hmm. you know. So when I was a kid, you know, you even had to earn good food. You know, we ate hot dogs. Everybody was eating steaks and and all that. You know, that's the way I grew up. Like, hey, get a job. You want all that? (laughs) You get a job. You'll get the crab and and the lobster. You know, now we're giving kids lobster tails. You know, <laughs> hey, you you also touched on this, and I wanted to get your thoughts, babe, first before me and Akeem chime in for a mom's perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, "Hey guys, do you think it's okay or possible to teach my teenage son that you can be both masculine and empathetic?" Of course. I mean, I'm that I you know that I am all about teaching empathy and kindness Mm -hmm. above all. I mean, that's literally one of the main things that I concentrate on with Gunner is that for one, be who you are, Mm -hmm. do you, um, and don't, don't worry about what other people are, what their thoughts or if people pick on you or whatever. And then on the flip side, make sure you don't ever make anybody else feel bad for their mm-hmm. likes and interests and beliefs or anything. Yeah, it's one of my biggest regrets. And I did an Uncle Randy video about it. I don't know if you've seen it, Akeem, where a kid was uh, wrote me, a young man, and he was saying, uh, hey, Uncle Randy, I want to be a legend in high school. What advice can you give me? And the first thing that triggered in my head was like, you don't want to be a you don't want to be a legend. You want to make a difference. And if I could go back again, the thing that weighs the heaviest on me from high school and it, it still kills me to this day is the kids that I stood up for a lot of kids because that was just my nature. But a lot I didn't that I wish I would have mm-hmm. that I would have befriended them, been nicer to them, included them in groups or just with me mm-hmm. uh, that missed opportunities like that. Mm-hmm. are one of my regrets and plus the guys that wanted to be legends that i went to school mm-hmm. with all ended up being dog shit most of them that 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 was their thing is i'm gonna be a legend you yeah. know in high school i'm gonna well, peak in the, high school what was the the question said like teaching them how to be manly like that's not no something- i think this is i think what the guy is trying to get at is toxic masculinity being right. like can i still tell my kid he can be a masculine man and be empathetic to others and like you said absolutely the two can coexist right? absolutely i mean well a million percent and that's why i don't i don't ever and you don't either which is why i love you so much i don't we don't ever discourage gunner who's five from playing with whatever the fuck he wants or dressing up in a dress and a skirt and doing just 
whatever the hell he wants to do that makes him happy for that moment, like do it. And or wearing, you know, like he wants to wear like pink leggings one day. Like, well, he sees me wear mine, like when I play football. Yeah, and I love pink. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, you know, I, I the the logical like the my brain at first is like I I want to protect him from getting made fun of or from sending him to school in some uh, you know in some way that is setting him up for getting his feelings hurt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I also don't ever want him to lose just his creativity and individuality. Yeah. And because he's, you know, he, I want him to just be who he is and do whatever the fuck he wants to do. And he is inherently a dude. He's you. He's Mm -hmm. like literally your clone and all the like manly shit just comes with like you know helping you change my tire and mm-hmm. helping you do yard work stuff but all the little like nuances of him just being sweet naturally and wanting to help somebody like i never want him to lose any of that yeah what do you think a king they can exist coexist right um, yeah, most definitely. Um, I, I've been told that I struggle with empathy, so I'll, I'll work on that. Like that's a daily struggle for me. Mm-hmm. You know, what, the way I was raised, mm-hmm. um, too much empathy means soft. You know what I mean? Sure. So, right. so because of, because of that, you know, I teach my son like, yeah, you want to, you want to be able to, you know, be able to help others, care about other people mm-hmm. and you want to be yourself, but don't be simp. Don't be mm-hmm. a soft man that can't hold his own don't have a spine because that's not what i want to raise you know and i think that's where the manly part comes in Mm -hmm. um for me you know i i just think i think that toxic masculinity is a manufactured word Mm -hmm. right now that a lot of people try to prevent real man things from happening Mm -hmm. um that that you know you gotta understand there's definitely an agenda right now um you know, uh, men, we, we can't be, we can't roar like lions anymore, right? We got to sure. be, we, we can look like it, but we can't roar. <laughs> we can't, what I, and what I mean by that is we can't really express how we really feel openly because it can really truly get, get us in trouble. I'm one of the opposite. I tell you how I feel mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I think that's the manly part of me, but I was also raised like that. I was raised to respect everyone until they give you a reason mm-hmm. to roar at them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, and of course, with I, I think, I think men, when it comes to a woman, like we're going to be totally different than we would with a with a man. So mm-hmm. the empathy course. is totally different. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we are listening. We're, I mean, they they change who we are. It's a natural change, and that's what I teach my son, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like, like men. Like, bro, have some ha- like have some balls, mm-hmm, homie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For Make sure. sure this is what you believe in, because I'm teaching I'm teaching them how to be a leader. And I think a lot of times you have too much empathy, you become a follower, mm-hmm. and you and sure. you believe what they're doing is the correct thing to do, even though it ain't nothing that you want to do. Like, yeah, yeah. No, that's a fine. It's a fine line. I, I know exactly, exactly right. what yeah. you're saying with that, and that's probably uh, I think a lot of fathers struggle is that line because. I grew up, and Brooke will tell you, my short, you know, you said your shortcoming is empathy. Mine is showing emotion. Like, 
sadness. Too. I don't show any of that. I don't cry. I mean, it's not trying to sound tough. I don't know if I know yeah. how to. I mean, He's dead I, inside. I'm dead inside. People have told me. <laughs> But I and I don't want my boys to be that way. I know that it, it is me. I think I'm too far past the line, you know, and I want my boys to know it is OK. Shit, if you want to cry, if a movie makes you sad, you can, you know, and you're sitting here at home, you, you can shed a tear. I can't. It's built into me. I'm going to not cry. People are going to be like, how are you not crying? I don't know. You know the psychological just, part of that is, is that they say emotion really comes from moms. Mm-hmm. So even though dad is not too emotional. The emotion actually comes for the mother. So oh. the mothers really teach their kids um, how to navigate their emotions. Your mom's like, full of emotion, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 See, that's what I'm saying. The, the thing is, though, is that he may have felt as if that's something that psychologically, yeah, that's just not for me. I don't want to be a part of that. Oh. So then it, it built this big wall around you know, it. Yeah. The big wall around itself to say, hey, I ain't doing because I'm you. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's crazy that. Me and you got so much in common. <laughs> I don't. I show zero emotion, mm-hmm. and man, she, you know my my lady, she she hates it. Right? Oh, of course. But <laughs> but she, to, in 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 my defense, she loves it when she sees weak men on television or around in public. Absolutely. Like, oh, he is so weak. Like, mm, but, sure. but but. but but then, like you just said, that's okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it's it's and, it, and that's it where it's a fine line. It's like it comes in handy a lot, and yeah. it, it can be, you know, uh, too too much too. But you well, know, that, that is one thing that we tell Gunner too is that like you know you need to lead by example in being nice to everybody. Don't ever like jump on a bandwagon to make fun of anybody, but don't ever let. Like, I don't ever, we, and we've talked about it many times before, we don't want to ever teach him to be so sympathetic and uh, that he becomes the victim of something. No, I can't stand yeah, victim like, mentality. So, that, that's my, uh, one of my pet peeves. Well, and it's like, yeah, stand up for yourself, for mm-hmm. sure. And the, it, it's just, it is, it's a delicate balance of don't be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> don't be a bitch. Yeah, and, and don't, but don't let anybody treat you like yeah. It's no, and I don't want to hear. You know, my biggest if, if that my boys want to see me fired up, it's you know if I hear they're um, picking on people that are weaker than them, oh, that's small, the smaller than them, um, yeah. more fragile in any way, and especially in my. I mean, it. Mm-hmm. I won't ever apologize for this, but you don't. You know, you don't touch a woman. Men don't touch women. Oh, yeah, to that, me, that, you don't yeah. put your hands up. You don't even make them think you might. Um, yeah. If you if one beats your ass at school, if a girl starts beating your ass, you know what you do? You pick her up and you walk her to the principal's office and say she's hitting me. You don't you know you don't hit her back. And nothing wrong with a good run too. Yeah. Man. Run away. <laughs> Yeah, I but, tell my sons that man. Take hey, a lap. If we can do something, man, get up out of here, man. Get up out of here as fast as you can. Yeah, because that's it's such a slope. And if I hear that one of them are picking on somebody at school, that's a that's a big no. Hey, but if I hear somebody's picking on my baby at school, you better hold me back. Well, he's got free. I mean, I still support. I I still subscribe to that older that that nugget that I was raised with. That if somebody you know backs you into a corner. You know, I can't be mad at my boys if they retaliate. I oh, mean, no. it's happened yeah. with both of my kids. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, I know that the school systems have their, what they've got to do now, and they're under more scrutiny, but 
Yeah, so air code, air code is like this. So the air code works as it's, it's called mutual combat. So it's not their job to um, it's not their job to, to to decipher what happened, who hit first. All that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is we're just trying to get the threat off campus. So both of you guys are going to have the same punishment. That's just mm-hmm. how the school works. Echo mm-hmm. said any physical altercations, verbal altercations, the threat of violence, then they need to be suspended for X amount of day. So just don't fucking do any well, of it. Well, yeah, and so you <laughs> got yeah, The thing is, if you're engaged, you commit it. You committed to it, hey, get on it. Oh, right, that's what I'm saying, right. too. Don't, don't, <laughs> get, <laughs> hey, don't, don't get shortchanged. Yeah. Don't get shortchanged and let the suspension be for uh, damn <laughs> a pushing match. You know, it, and you got to you know, get uh, your shit in. I've all, I've, I'll always stand by that, too. I mean, we had uh, both of uh, our Because, boys. yeah, the school might not differentiate who started what but if but if here that, at my house if that happens yeah, yeah. and it was <laughs> and, and he gets suspended but it would i mean if he if he started it then that's his ass but if he he didn't start it and he was standing up for himself he got suspended but he wouldn't be punished at home exactly that's that's yeah i, that's I, I like mono e mono man I'm, I'm old school man <laughs> let's get it out Let's scrap oh you know I know. I mean? yeah i heard that with your uh with the bully episode uh, it, it's pretty uh, clear you know, that you growing up had to, I mean, I had to do it. To, it's funny because, you know, you met Fred quickly on uh, Instagram today trying to set you and Tony up. Oh, we're going to make that happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me and Fred used to do, because uh, he lived with me all the time. Oh and my like, God. And like, Boys are so like dumb. Like any brothers, you're <laughs> going to have, so you're going to get tired of each other eventually and you're going to have to duke it. I mean, we used to fight yeah. and we would well, set. It's all in love. <sighs> we would set my alarm in my bedroom for two minutes. We would do two minute rounds. You can ask him. We'd say, all right, set the clock for so two minutes. Dumb. This shit's getting out of hand. We need to get this over with. And we we we'd get after it for two minutes, and then we'd go eat corn dogs or some shit, you know. Yeah, and we cool right after, man. It's just something different. We're mostly built like that, you know. Like we're warriors. You gotta understand, man. We're sharks. So, you know, hey, I feel, if you can't take it, you wouldn't be my boy. You know yeah, what I mean? And I feel bad. Like I, I hate because I've talked to people before, and I feel like uh, they're disappointed when they hear me say this. But I feel like every boy. And maybe even girls, if it's girl and girl action, not like that. But in every kid needs to know what it feels like to be punched in the face. Girls don't it, work it can shit be, out like that, though, babe. That's but different. it can be metaphorical for life. If you don't know what Double. it feels like Double. to be punched yeah. in the face, mm-hmm. you just don't know, you know, and you and you never I will. I, I was always told that, you know, a man, even a man, every man in the world, young man, older man, we need to fear something. Mm-hmm. So if you don't fear being knocked out or you don't fear, you know, the Lord Almighty or somebody and you're going to be out of control. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I believe in duking it. I, I, oh, I, yeah. fought, I, don't, I don't even remember how many times I fought in my life, but um, every single one, I felt like I needed to do it. You know what I mean? I'll tell you <laughs> what, with Fred, though, Fred was so tall and skinny, right? And I'm a beefier guy, but man, he would tear my ribs up with his long ass reach. He'd body <laughs> check me to death. We still talk about it this day. I mean, damn, you check my ribs all money. up. Y'all are so and dumb. Was, you set an alarm and punched each other. We set the alarm for two other. minutes. We sure did. And you know what? Boys. We're still best friends. I love that yeah. guy. But, I would do anything for him. I know. Boy, That's like, how we work. Yeah. I, just, I don't get it. But then I'm like, okay, yeah, but girls, we just do like psychological warfare, which is way more damaging. Oh, it's way more brutal. And hurtful. Oh, let's, not, let's not talk about women. Women <laughs> are upset for 50 years. I know. <laughs> I 15 remember, years over an argument in the kitchen. Come I on remember now. what, uh, like, 
girls said to me like in middle school that hurt my feelings oh, and i'm yeah. like fuck that bitch well, let, me, said- <laughs> let me tell you man and when, then i'll do the last question we'll wrap up i don't want to hold you forever but we I'm were good, we I'm were good. at a water I'm park good. we were at a water park here in atlanta the big uh, water slide place and i was up on the top of the tallest ride waiting in line to like show all the kids i could still do it and i was up there with these girls they were probably 13, 14, there was three of them. And one of the girls was scared. They were in front of me. So when it was their turn to go, one of the girls got up to the chute to get in to go down the slide. Oh, it's a terrifying fucking slide. I won't go on that. Yeah, it's terrifying. That was Geronimo. But she was uh, chickening out a little. You know, she was scared. And her, her two female friends were so fucking mean. They were like, if you don't go, bitch, we're telling everyone at school, you can never hang out with us. We, and I was like, mm. Damn, people think guys are mean. We throw, we you know, slap each other, punch somebody in the face, or and just be you like you're being it. a bitch, and that's it. <laughs> These girls cut that's to it. the core. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the white meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they go all the way down. There. Yes. <laughs> they open you up. Ruthless. It's, it's brutal. Yeah. It's, just, look at, just look at VH1, man. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's stuff like that's never changed. I mean, that's how it was when I was in, like, and I was that girl that was getting told, like, you wonder why, why I am the way I am now, babe, how I don't like, mm-hmm. you, I mean, I'll basically, you dare me to do anything, I'll do it. It's because of that shit. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> that shit sticks with it's it. It's because of that. Like, I, I, would, I did not have a backbone to stand up for myself when I was younger. I've gotten one now as an adult, but I would just succumb to like, fine, I'll just do this. Peer because, pressure. Yes. Yeah. It was just, but it's ridiculous it, it's and a mean. And, and that, you are a genius because you haven't seen these questions. Let no. me read you this last question and we'll let you chime in first no. okay. just because you just brought this up. <laughs> All right, this is our last one. My 16-year-old son was recently caught with marijuana on his person while at a friend's house. Mm-hmm. He assured me that he's carrying the weed around to fit in because all of his friends partake. Am I a fool for believing him? Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I it's like a running joke in my family that when my mom found cigarettes in my bag or whatever when I was 13, and I was like, they're my friends. And she bought it, but I, she really didn't buy it. You know, she mm-hmm. like she was like, okay. So it's a parent that's trying to deflect having to deal with it. Is it's what exactly. You're it's exactly what it is. It's trying to be like, just trying to not know what they already know. My kid's an angel. Exactly. Never, my kid would never. That's the worst. <laughs> but what, I mean, that's obviously the they're in a state, I guess, that it, they're, the weed's not legal. <laughs> Yeah, because Akeem lives in a state that it's legal. <laughs> but you got to be eighteen. Oh, it's legal right? out here a whole yeah. lot. Uh-huh. Well, so what do you? What would you do, Akeem, with a student if they're sixteen? They have to be eighteen to have it in California. Is it 18? eighteen? Okay. Eighteen. Okay. Yeah. So, what would you say to this parent, Akeem? Are they a fool for believing him that he's just carrying it around like as a accessory to fit in? <laughs> oh yeah, this <clears throat> we, we got to know too, parents. It is hard for them to take accountability mm-hmm. for for pie in their face. You know, like you, you, you know, they feel responsible. Mm-hmm. So what they try to do is deflect, and you know, they want to believe their kids. We all want to believe our kids, man. That that is something it's hard not to do. You see their face and mm-hmm. and all that, but it still takes the parent in you, the parent, not the friend, the parent, <laughs> exactly. to say, you know what, you're full of BS. Mm-hmm. 
and this is this is garbage. Like, yeah, who are you, who are you lying to? Who are you lying to? Who, you, yeah, that's, what, that's what's wrong with society, though. It's like, <laughs> are you serious? Are we, are we naive enough <laughs> not to see this? This yeah. is this is horrible. Oh, we I see it all the time with parents, man, especially in sports and shit. I mean, because parents, oh. what it is is it's it's selfish parents in a one way that I wish I could slap some sense into them. And be like, it's not about you. They take it like it's them that they're the one yeah. carrying the weed. Like it, it says they're a terrible parent or this, and it does, you know, kids are going to fuck up. Yeah, I fucked are. up a million times in my life. Golly. That's, I can't even, I can't no, even count. I don't. So it's stop putting <laughs> such a damnation on the kid and address the issue of being like, you know what? You're underage. That's illegal right uh-huh. now. Boom. You yeah. Know, and, and, and then you're going to get these hands for lying. You know what I mean? I'm about <laughs> to, to put these hands. You old enough now to smoke, huh? Oh, we. You're about to oh, okay. catch all of these hands tonight. You know what I mean? I know. You're getting this. Yeah. I got won't be able you to lie. You lie to me about we? Oh, yeah. you're getting this. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I try to, that's a, a huge point, I think, that a lot of fathers miss, too, is, you know what, my dad used to tell me, and this is one thing he did excellent at, and he always honored it. A lot of parents will bullshit you and be like, if you tell me the truth, it's going to be a lot less bad. Parents yeah. don't live up, you know, my dad always owned it. If I, if I gave the truth, it was way less than when I lied to him and stuck to it, which I did a few times, and it was way worse. You know what I got in comparison. I still was going to get it if I even when I came clean, but it was less, you know, severe when I would come clean (laughs) and tell the truth because I want my boys also to always know. And so far, they're both great at it. Give me the damn Mm -hmm. truth when I ask you. A legit well, I'm sure when they see you, man, you roll up with the beard, the deep voice, the chain. <laughs> they, they might want to tell the truth. That's yeah. what I told them. So this whole Uncle Randy thing, the as it's progressed, the more like where he's like yelling at the camera. I th- like. I mean, he's said it a million times. Like, I'm not a fan of the yelling. It's everybody loves it except for me. But the reason it gets to me is because that's his like dad, like he doesn't yell at the boys very much, but it's been like a handful of times and that's the voice he uses. (laughs) I know. So I'm like, that's like your angry dad voice. So like, I don't like it, (laughs) but you gotta, you gotta have it. Right. You gotta have it. Oh, I know. Like it's, it's necessary, but like for the, when you're doing your videos and stuff and I, well, but I noticed your one today, you weren't yelling as much. So no, it also <laughs> depends on the, it also depends on the, the question. Content, you know, yeah. when, when a young man asks me a question right. where they're really going in a direction that's going to fuck them up, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to them like and, you're and be pretty pissed about getting it. Getting in so their ass. The point, yeah, I know. You know, that the same way with, uh, you know, I'm sure with the team with coaching kids and shit. Um, cause it's not just coaching them on the sports. I'm sure like he's talked about these kids. He still has a relationship with yeah. 14 years after he coached them in football and they call him coach still. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you the ones that are still close with, he tore their asses up multiple times. Oh, I'm sure. Ripped that ass up. Good. And Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes you it, gotta it, jerk them up. Yeah. And, and then you gotta, well, I don't yell as a coach anymore. I used to, when I was, you know, younger, I had a lot of energy. But now <laughs> I've learned how to manage the tone because I don't know what, the difference between, you know, my, my, my sons and the kids at the, you know, I'm coaching is that I don't know what technically they, they hear every day. And right. I don't know, I don't know what they, what, what life yeah. they come from. They, they may be talked to like that all the time. Aww. I may be there. I'll let it for me to be involved with that. I don't do, but, um, 
it just depends on what it is. Like there was a young man I worked with since he was in like sixth grade. He was in 12th grade. He had a baby. Mm. So, so, mm. so I really, I really welled into him for a good 20 minutes, yeah. you know, but I, but I hugged him up and I let him know I'm gonna do everything I can to kind of help him out. I still talk to him. He's a good father, man. He went to the uh, Marines. Oh, um, he started, he serves. Yeah. He, him, him, him and his uh, son um, and his new woman, uh, right. his new woman, uh, <laughs> they, but they're, but they're definitely um, a family and he's doing his thing but I, I must say man the yelling at home oh you just got to know how to manage it like i don't yell a lot either but when it when when, it, when the lion roars when it counts yeah oh yeah it's it's for something you don't really did you know what i, I mean know. like sometimes and then you need to attempt sometimes you got to intimidate your, your your kids man like hold on you like my son he's he's getting big around here man put your shirt on <laughs> we walking around here Oh, tough man, and he, and, he, and he coming down here, you know, eat three plates of food, bench pressing 220, 225. Hold on, hold on, homie. Yeah, oh, yeah. Me, <laughs> you gotta yell. You gotta hear me now. Let me tell you, I've always been an advocate of uh, tell uh, Brooke. Uh, the reason I don't pull it out much with the boys is because, for one, I want it to have meaning. Right. You know, that's one thing, because if you use something too much, Everybody gets used to it, you know. It's yeah, no Gunner told me the other day, all you do is yell at me. I was like, no, but, I don't. <laughs> but you get uh, mom's gonna pass when it comes to the oh, moms do they get that? That is their nature. But I played my oldest son. I've always been able to, you know, still whoop all their asses in sports, in every sport up until this year. I took my uh, oldest okay. to the basketball court here in the neighborhood. He Take wanted that he wanted to play one on one. And he's uh, he's 14. He's a very good athlete. He's a big yeah. strapping kid. I mean, <laughs> and I mean, I still whoop him in the 40. I still, you know, definitely outlift him. I, and now? I don't, I don't, I don't play, I don't play favorites. I'm, I would go to whoop his ass, and I went to whoop his ass in basketball, and he tore my ass. You can't. Up. I've never seen you so. He just tore my dejected. ass up. Randall was in the pooper for the That's rest humbling. of the weekend. Humbling. It's humbling as shit. You're absolutely because it wasn't a give me either. I couldn't. I couldn't pretend. Gri- I, I didn't lie. And Griffin wasn't like rubbing it in your face or anything. He didn't have to. He knew he didn't have. to. I know, but he's like, God bless him. But it was just yeah. on your face. I got, I got a story like that. My son is the same way, but he could beat me in a race. Mm-hmm. But, but in basketball, I post him up <laughs> easily. It would be over, over quick. But he, everything else though, like you know, he he he'll work out here, get me because he that's what he does. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then like speed, all that. That's what he does, man. But he knows <laughs> you. You come in his house late. <laughs> you know, a different side of me, man. You know what I mean? But oh yeah. yeah. I love being a father, man. I, I I couldn't even imagine not having kids. You know, like. Whoever don't is missing out. You know oh, for mean? sure. I just, you know, my biggest, I just uh, try to yell it from the rooftops, man. I hope that, uh, you know, if it just reaches a few dads Ooh. out there that maybe aren't engaged enough, you know, to open up their eyes, it goes by in an instant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't, you know, just my biggest thing, don't be the friend. You know what I mean? That's, you could be down the road when they're grown men, they're going to love the fact that you weren't their friend then. You're, you're something more special than a friend. You know, and, and they may not see it all now when they're younger. And that's the hard part, I think, that men worry too much about. They worry about this, what society is seeing, right? Like about how they're being as a father. That shit ain't going to matter either, you know, when they're 30 years old and you're you know, 60 or 70. It's going to be how did yeah. you raise them, you know? Mm-hmm. 
you know, boys like structure and they respect structure and they respect um, someone who's, you know, we, we, we see who loves us by who is showing us the right way to do things. You know, people don't understand that. You can't, you can't keep buying them things or giving them things when they don't deserve it. You know, you just mm-hmm. setting them up. Yeah. But you go back, you hear all the great stories, right? Anybody that thinks back and they talk about like their grandma, right? Old granny. Nobody's Old like, grandma. nobody's like, Oh, my grandma, she just gave, you know, she just gave me what everybody says that I know that's worth a piss is like, my granny was meaner than hell. She tore my ass up, but she loved me, but she would whoop my ass if I got out. You know, those are the grannies that make the impression, you know? You're right. right. Shout out to my grandma, man. She's uh, she's 80, 83 this month and still ticking, boy. And she, and she. She's a beast. She's about four eleven. No. <laughs> to this day, I'm still very fearful of what she may do. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, my my great my great granny lived to be a hundred and three. Ooh. And uh what a blessing. Dude. Mm-hmm. And she she I was on the last end. I was the last great grandchild of hers that she that she spanked with a switch. That had to go pick a switch. Oh, the switch! She was the old. Uh, she, she didn't change. I mean, we. That was she, our was, era, man. she was still picking those things, uh, pretty late in life. You know, up until, and I remember getting that from her, and being like, "This is a whole new level of torture right here." You know, yeah, like, man. The old, and then you go. You, they, they used to tell you, you go pick it. Oh, yeah. And you used to come back with one not too big. She already had one ready to go. Oh, yeah. I mean, and if you <laughs> got if you got one, <laughs> I made the mistake. If you get one of the long, thin ones, you think that shit's better. Those are worse because they're going to whip oh. you like a whelp, like a belt. They're going to cut you. Your, best, your best bet is to pick a big-ass tree trunk <laughs> that they can't swing. <laughs> that they can't swing. You give an old lady a switch, that shit will wrap around your legs, around your waist. Yeah, she called me one time. I put on like three pair of jeans <laughs> and I and I thought I was doing something. You know, I'm what, I don't know, 11, 12. I put on like three pair of jeans thinking I was going to work. Uh, none of that worked. And, and, and she still was in the groove of whooping me. I, and, you know, I, and I did nothing but you know, I thought, I remember. So, I, you know, in Big Wheels we used to have back in the day? Oh, yeah. So in San Francisco Projects, we were far up. And so we had like a little porch, a little balcony porch. And I was mad, and you know, something happened with my sister. And I said, Get it, huh? And I threw that thing over, and that thing crashed, hit some stuff down there. And she looked at me like I lost my mind. Because <laughs> like, you did. Oh, my God. And you know, so then she went in the back, and I knew what was up. So I went in there and put them pants on real quick because my sister was like, You're going you're gonna to get walked. So this was how bad it was. How bad it was. Is that she waited like three hours? Oh, oh that's the worst. That's a mental that's mind worst. fuck. Yeah, right that's there. the worst. And then I was sitting in the room thinking, like, oh, maybe she just thought oh, I was God. just upset. You know, I'm thinking all the time. But <laughs> she came in there and all she she didn't say a word. She started chasing me around because my whole thing is you gonna earn it. <laughs> so I'm I'm running. I was a runner. <laughs> so she just trapped me in the corner. She's you know she's short. <laughs> I remember them days, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you, man, the worst, for it, though. the worst ass whooping I ever took growing up was over the fact that I left my bicycle outside of the fence and it got stolen. And I was like, that ain't, I didn't steal my, and my dad was like, it doesn't matter. You might as well have stole it, you know, damn it. You put it outside it the fence, you gave it away. <laughs> now get in here and let's, let's, you know, let's get it right. 
And I was like, good was God, good. I can't believe. And I mean, I'm telling you, to this day, I don't leave shit out. I make sure yeah. everything's put away because of that reason. At that the age. Best, the best Christmas the best Christmas present ever was a bike. And I don't care what nobody say that. Transportation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, for damn work. sure. <laughs> well, all right, man. Well, we're going to wrap up. We got to roll anyway. I could talk to you forever, man. Yeah, I, forever. Dude, I appreciate you. This has been uh, fantastic. And I really hope that we're able to set you and uh, Tony up so I can listen and hear that. Um, 100. But give everybody how they can uh, reach you and uh, how they can find the podcast. And I'll we'll blast it out in the show notes and promote the shit out of it, too. Well, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm on all platforms. So, you know, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, um, all the big platforms, Apple. Um, you know, I'm on every Wednesday. Uh, I try to release my podcast late Wednesday so people can reach me coffee with it on Thursdays. <laughs> Uh, but just, just I'm on IG. You know, everything's Ron and Cut. Email Ron and Cut podcast, Twitter Ron and Cut podcast, uh, IG Ron and Cut podcast. I, I, I was lucky to get all those. But I really appreciate the invite, man. And uh, we're fo- we're podcast family now, man. We got to rock and roll sometime, man. So absolutely, I'll man. definitely have you on my my platform. And let's I love it. yours, man. This is nice, man. Yeah, let's do it, baby. Hey, yes. well, uh, I appreciate you, man. It's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, we're gonna hook up uh, some more. I'm down to to shoot the shit with you anytime man and uh keep doing what you're doing i'm a big fan of the show and i'm gonna get brooke to listen to that 80s episode yes. and she'll probably become <laughs> your biggest fan so i all appreciate right, it right, brother, man. hey I, I appreciate you i'll see you later yeah man be good brother see ya all right brother. i'll see y'all later